Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Separating fact from fiction. The issue of healthcare. It's still a government-run health insurance plan. We will provide you with a choice. It's going to cost millions of Americans their jobs. Their jobs. Broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. Uh, Susan's calling from Kansas City, Missouri. Marsha from Pittsburgh. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you. And I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy. Just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen, America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. 106 affiliates strong. Thanks to all of you out there in our listening audience. Our producer today, Mr. Scott Larson. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. America's Healthcare Advocate is the show where we separate fact from fiction on the subject of healthcare. What are the latest changes to the Patient Protection Affordable Care Act, otherwise lovingly known as a Obamacare. We've got about 51 so far that I can count in the last year and a half. What are the latest medical technologies, breakthroughs, and pharmaceutical treatments available today? What can you do to live a healthier life? We tackle all of these issues and more each week, so listen and learn as we talk to you about your health insurance and health care needs. If you have any specific questions today about health insurance or health-related issues, and you'd like more information on anything you hear on the show today, you can call. There are operators standing by. They will take your call. I have a guest on the air with me today, so we won't be taking live calls on the air, but you can call 877-385-2224. That's 877-385-2224. There are operators standing by. They will take your calls. If you need help with a health insurance issue or health-related issue, please feel free to call. We'll be happy to chat with you. If you want to send an email, go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can send me an email from the website. There's a fascinating blog up there this week you might want to take a look at, some information that might be helpful to you. So if you want to do that, go up to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, and send me an email. All right, today on our show, we're going to talk with Andrew Clayton, who is the president of Pareto Captive Services. Now, this is going to be interesting, because this is a company I've worked with for the last three years. The Captive is a model for group health insurance for employers typically running about 250 lives down to about 50 lives. We've got companies in this program. We've brought people off of the fully insured model over to this model. It's been hugely successful. This is one of the two founders of the company, Andrew Clayton, Andrew Cavanaugh being the other one. And Andrew is joining us today uh, on the air. Welcome to the show. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate, Andrew. Thank you very much, Gary. Very excited to be here. Really appreciate the opportunity. Well, we really appreciate your taking time to do this and to explain to our audience how this alternative to the typical off-the-shelf model from the fully insured carriers works and why um, we have found it to be extremely successful for the companies that we have put in. And we've got more companies migrating over um, as we speak. But let's start with a little history. You and Andrew Cavanaugh started this. Let's talk about a little bit about your two, you know, the background of the two of you, and then what made you decide to start the Pareto Contrarian Recaptive, which is the one we'll chat about today, um, and, and, and just give us a little background, Andrew? Sure, be happy to. So my partner, uh, Andrew Cavanaugh, and I both started in the insurance industry on the alternative risk side, so focused on captives and risk retention groups 
but on the property and casualty side of the business, uh, primarily focused on workers' compensation, general liability, and really, really focused on the uh, the Fortune 500 professional sports team, the large employer that is big enough to go out and self-insure on their own, but they wanted to move into a captive structure for some financial and, and tax benefits and, and longer-term strategy opportunities. So indoctrinated, indoctrinated into the, uh, the, the insurance world, focused on alternative risk, um, a big emphasis in the alternative risk space is long-term cost containment, long-term risk management strategies. And after about eight years on the PNC side, I took a look at uh, where I wanted to go career-wise and decided that I wanted to branch out and uh, be exposed to and get a knowledge base and really hopefully expertise into the health insurance space. And so I transitioned to stop-loss. And stop-loss is a coverage that large employers purchase when they're self-insured, when they're uh, self-insured their health insurance and they want to buy catastrophic insurance protection. So transition to the stop-loss world, which first started actually as a uh, property and casualty coverage, so a lot of similarities. And that happened in 2002, 2003. And as I was transitioning, I noticed that the wellness initiative, risk management, was really just starting to come about. Um, and so I was able to apply a lot of the risk management, loss control, safety measure strategies from the PNC side and then apply it to health insurance as wellness was starting to come out of population health management and they're starting to get really ROIs that were determined and, and, uh, and, and results. So Kevin and I have been good friends. We've been colleagues. We've worked together previously in the past and he had a uh, successful workers' compensation group captive management firm and as I'm going through and we're talking about all the evolution of his business, evolution of workers' compensation, captive structures, and the group dynamic, I'm talking about the explosion of wellness, uh, of self-insurance, and how is there's just a, such a divide in the health insurance world between the have and have-nots, the large employers that have data and can self-insure versus small employers that don't have data and are in a, in a reactionary mode. We started to look at ways that we could combine forces and combine these these two different uh, practices and, and really phenomenons. So we came together first in 2007 uh, to create an employee benefit group captive product and division for a Fortune 400 insurance company, um, and then we uh, we branched out and formed Pareto in 2011. Um, and, and wanted to do it as an independent firm, being able to give greater flexibility, greater services and controls to the employers. So it's really a background of borrowing from what we learned on the property and casualty side, applying risk management strategies, then also recognizing uh, the tremendous amount of opportunity in the health insurance space, and especially in fully insured, the tremendous amount of inefficiencies that exist uh, up to this day. So, so, you know, what's interesting, let's go back to, this is fascinating, I think, for our audience to hear this as well. And that is, first of all, this captive model or, or employers coming together as a group to purchase a particular type of, of insurance has been around in the PNC market for a very long time. In fact, many times when I sit down with clients or potential clients, they have experience in the captive side on the PNC side. So, essentially, what you guys did was took that thought or that idea, if you will, that has been around on the PNC side for a long time and applied it over to the the health insurance side. Am I correct in that? You you are. Yeah. So the 
captives really became popular for the, the single parent, the Fortune 100 companies. They started to pop up in the 50s and 60s with the IBMs, the Xeroxes, the Exxons. And workers' compensation group captives came around in the mid-80s when the hard market hit the workers' compensation. All of a sudden, premiums are, are doubling and tripling. Um, and so they've been very popular for the last for the last 35, 35 years, and to the point where almost half of all mid-sized employers have some form of property and casualty coverage in the alternative risk market, so captives, trust programs, et cetera. And we really just borrowed that same that same structure, that same philosophical approach, which is allowing employers to band together, benefit from the law of large numbers they can't achieve on their own, use the captive as a way for them to get risk uh, certainty, but also use the captive as a way to, to bring services, tools, um, to to the medium-sized employers, they wouldn't be able to access on their own. Yeah, and you know, what I find fascinating about this is, and the way I sit down and explain this, when I, in fact, I was just in Washington, Missouri, meeting with a a company called Melton Machine a couple of weeks ago, and the the simplest way that I can explain this when I sit down with folks, and I said, you know what, this is what Costco, this is what Whole Foods, this is what Home Depot, this is what, as you said, IBM, Xerox, etc., they use these risk management strategies, they use the self-funded model, but again, you know, the problem for the the medium-sized size, small and medium-sized employer was, they, 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 this, they weren't big enough to make this happen. It just You just couldn't make it work uh, from, from the size standpoint and make the numbers work and the cost of reinsurance and stop loss and all the rest of it. By pooling it together, you and, and Andrew have, made, uh, have put together something that gives access to the small and medium-sized employer where they can do this and they can make sense out of it. So when we come back from the break, folks, we're going to start getting in the weeds now. And I'm going to tell you and and let Andrew tell you how this differs from the off-the-shelf, fully insured programs that you see out there and why this model works so much better. You heard him briefly talk about wellness programs and risk management. We're going to get in the weeds on that. We're going to show you why that makes such a difference and how it can control costs in the long term and make a huge difference for you and for your employees, if you're a business owner, uh, in providing good insurance benefits at a cost that you can afford. We'll be right back after the break with my guest, Andrew Cavanaugh, to continue talking about the Pareto Captive and how it works and how it can work for you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast across the USA. If you want information, go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast across the Fruited Plain. Here on the HIA Radio Network, you can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You know, if you're one of those employers that's got 250 or less employees, this 
program makes an enormous amount of sense. It's not difficult. It's not hard to understand. I just asked Andrew on the break, when we started with, with Pareto, there were about, I think, 80 or 90 companies in the captive. It has grown to over 225 companies in this program. And you know what's interesting? Their retention rate is over 90%. Um, so this thing works, and it's a group of employers and companies coming together, basically using your purchase power as a group to buy health insurance. And it is remarkable how it works. We'll talk about how you tailor it and make it work for you in this segment. But if you want information on this, you can contact us. Go to our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. Send me an email, and I'll be happy to send you information on this and explain it. If you want to call 877-385-2224, Tell the operator that you're interested in in the Pareto program that we talked about, the captive program. We will get back in touch with you and send you the information. So once again, if you do want help with this, feel free to go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, or give us a call at 877-385-2224. Andrew, when I went out on the break, we talked briefly, or I described briefly, how this is what the the Costco's, the Home Depot's, the the, the IBM's, the Xerox's, um, you you know, all of these different... Uh, uh, companies do. I- explain why they do that, and, and let's talk about why don't they just go to the carriers and buy an off-the-shelf plan, pay their premium, and forget about it. Why Why do they use this self-funded or partially self-funded model that we're talking about here? Why Why do they use that model versus just buying it off the shelf? Yeah, I think it starts really with efficiency and strategy, where on the efficiency side, if you look at the structure of the fully insured carrier platform, uh, and I'll just start with taxes. So taxes in 2015, fully insured employers are spending over 5% more in taxes than a self-insured employer. That's a combination of the, uh, the Affordable Care Act, ACA's health insurance tax, plus additional state taxes. Self-insured employers have a lower premium base um, because they're buying less insurance, and so that, that additional tax obviously is a significant number. When you think about 5% in 2015, growing to north of 6% in 2016, and anticipated to continue to escalate. The compounding effect over the next 5 or 10, five or ten years is, is dramatic. Um, in addition to the, the tax basis, if you look at it in just terms of admin, administrative services, the, uh, the vendor services, the opportunity to negotiate with the vendors, once you have transparency in what your costs are, once you have transparency in what you're purchasing, you have better ability to negotiate and, and bet, get better terms as an individual employer. So a lot of efficiency, efficiencies to be, to be uh, gained. In addition to the efficiencies, there's also the ability to get the information once you are self-insured. And the information you receive is, is HIPAA compliant. It doesn't include any, any PHI or personal health information, but it's, an, it's the information that an employer needs to say, I no longer want to start making decisions or continue to make decisions in a black box. I actually now want to be able to look at what's going on within my population, whether I have poor compliance rate with chronic disease management, whether I have poor compliance rate with, with uh, cancer screens, whatever the issues are, I now have data and the information to put in strategic programs to attack those particular issues, helping my employees make better decisions, helping my employees have access to better care that they need given the conditions. So that strategy element is critically important. Too often, Carrie, we've heard from fully insured employers that historically are always thinking about insurance in the next 12 months because they've been conditioned to buy off a spreadsheet and buy off a premium rate as opposed to thinking what's really going on within my population. 
Yeah, and that, and that's exactly what happens. Let's go back to this for a minute. It's kind of interesting. When you connect this back to the health issues, why doesn't why should an employer care about whether he's got four people on his plan? Let's say he's got 100 employees, and he's got four type 1 diabetics, and he's got two type 2 diabetics. And maybe, because we did a wellness screening, we find out that he's got six people who are at risk for becoming type 2 diabetics. Why, why should he care about managing that disease, uh, Andrew? Why? Why is that important to him in the overall structure of what we're trying to do here? The, the majority of the costs associated with quote-unquote health insurance are driven by the claims, so the, the amount, the activity, and, the, and the ultimately the dollar amount of claims that happen. And so if you look at it just on a big-picture basis, roughly 20% of quote-unquote a health insurance premium should go towards expenses, and the other 80% should go to cover claims. And if an employer doesn't have the information or doesn't have the the interest in looking at where the claims dollars are coming from, and it's 80% or her 80% continues to grow and grow and grow in future years, then their premium basis is just going to continue to grow. And oftentimes, the fully insured employer is in, in that black box where they don't have the information to say, I'm not only focused on this year's claims, but I want to look at the population so I can understand what's coming next year and the year after that, and better, again, hopefully manage those claims costs. And this is the thing that is the hardest thing to get across to to employers, I think, sometimes that have never done this. You know, the the fully insured carrier really doesn't give a damn what you do with wellness or or, or any of that, or proactive issues, because it's not going to be reflected back to you in savings one way or another. On the other hand, when you're doing these partially self-funded plans, using a model like the captive, where you have transparency, you're not in a black box, and you identify that you've got four diabetics that are type 2 diabetics and three that are type 1 diabetics, you're, and, and maybe you know four or five more that are at risk because they're morbidly obese or whatever the case may be, you can implement programs that are disease management programs for your employees to access so that they're doing the things they're supposed to do. You know, a type Two diabetic is supposed to do nine checks a year on their A1C and the other issues they're supposed to do. If they're not doing that, they're putting themselves at greater risk, which does what? It drives the claims up, which is what Andrew just described, and that in turn reflects back in premium. If on these plans that we're talking about, like the Pareto program, you have access to that information, you're able to put a strategy in place, aren't you, Andrew, that allows you to start controlling claims costs, which is the name of the game, right? Absolutely. You can use incentives, financial incentives. You can modify your plan design. If you have people that have uh, chronic disease management, why not make the generic uh, medicine that they're on free so they don't have to worry about it on a cost basis? Eliminate that barrier to success. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. That's interesting that you use generics because, you know, we've done this very successfully at a number of our self-insured clients. We've got participation rates on generic drugs now up to 87 90% in some cases. And the reason is because we've knocked the copays down to the Walmart levels where they're $5, where the, it, the copay is irrelevant. What you're trying to do is get the access up and get them to start using the medications so they start managing the disease. Because believe it or not, not, folks. I've had people not take their blood pressure medicine because they didn't want to go make the $25 or $35 copay. On the other hand, if you make that copay, as Andrew suggested, zero or $5, you'll see people taking their medications, keeping their diseases under control, managing the disease, whether it's high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, whatever the case may be. That's kind of connecting the dots in terms of how this works. When we come back from the break, we're going to get into the weeds a little more on how you structure 
structure the program, what you can do, because you can set the program up any way you wish within certain parameters. We'll talk about that and its flexibility. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast to coast, across the USA. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Andrew Cavanaugh and more information on this program and how it works. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast across the USA. Here on the HIA Radio Network, you can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. And you can find out more about the Pareto Captive. If you're an employer out there and you want help with this, maybe you think this is something to be of interest. If you've got 50 or more employees, let me tell you something. You owe it to yourself to take the time to take a look at this. If you're a small municipality, um, you know, if you're a human resource director at a company, and, and this is something you think you need to do. Um, you know, if you're getting whacked, and I think you're going to get whacked this year, uh, especially if you're in the 100 Life group right in there somewhere, uh, I think the increases this year, and I talked to Andrew off air about this as well. In fact, I've got a blog up that talks about what we anticipate for uh, cost increases across the board this year. I think they're going to be significant on the small group side. So if you want information, it doesn't cost you anything to look. It may cost you a lot because you don't look. The website is America's Health advocate.com if you want to call the number is 877-385-2224 877-385-2224 anywhere in the united states even guam if you're out there in guam or you're in hawaii and you want to call us feel free to do so we do business all over the country and we'd be happy to help you all right andrew i always use this line on the air because i think it you know when it comes to insurance it's something that people need to understand a size 44 overcoat doesn't fit everybody one of the things about off-the-shelf plans from carriers is they're very limited a lot of times in, in, in the options that you have and what you can do and what you can't do. And, and even more so now, as a result of ACA, we got the bronze, silver, gold, platinum, etc. Um, and, 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 you know, that's kind of the box that you're in. One of the things that I love about the captive is, you know, when I sit down with employers, I say, get out a blank sheet of paper and let's build your plan. Let's talk about that and the flexibility that they have within the captive to make this work. Yep, absolutely. It's healthcare is local. It's and uh, the relationship that employers have with their employees obviously is a very personal relationship, and it's also part of their culture. So there's no one size fits all. There's not. We don't approach it as here are your four or five options, and you can pick and choose. Each employer has the ability to customize their benefit plan or bring with them what they have today if they like what their existing plan is. As you're saying, the the ability to to go ahead and customize and make those modifications also dovetails perfectly into the strategy conversation we were having earlier. If you are a uh, a fully insured employer, you buy what are referred to as state-mandated coverages. So the fully insured carriers are required by each state to offer certain coverages. And they can be very obvious things that you want to include, like a uh, cancer screening or a... uh, or a, uh, a mammography or things like that, which make total sense that all employers should include. But they also might include other coverages that might not make sense or might not be the preference of the employer. Just a quick example of that, Carrie, is in New Jersey, employers are required to cover, um, fully insured employers are required to cover both in vitro fertilization as well as uh, bariatric sur- surgery, gastric bypass. 
And those are things that employers might look at it and say, maybe I don't want to cover that, or maybe I don't want to cover it to the same extent that, I, that, I, that I'm being required now. If you decide to go self-insured as a member of the captive, you're no longer governed by the state. You're now a ERISA-exempt employer, so there's a lot more flexibility in terms of what the employers are going to cover. And as you get into that self-insured platform from an administrative standpoint, you also have the ability to pick and choose. And as we were talking about before, make modifications and make your generic copay uh, down to $5 or even make it free. So, again, as you're saying, just a huge amount of flexibility that leads to the strategy part of the, the decision process. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the other thing that I, that I say about this program when I talk with folks about it is, you know, a lot of times they're, well, you know, I haven't heard about this from my broker. Well, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, and, and you know, I'm a broker, okay, so I'm, and I'm speaking about the community itself. Um, you, you said something in one of the earlier segments. This is a lot different than sitting down with a damn spreadsheet and showing them six different carriers or four different carriers with six different plans and saying, that's it, pick your poison. This this requires work on the part of the broker, and it requires interaction on the part of the broker, and it requires the broker to be proactively engaged with the employer to implement a wellness program, a screening program, and a management program. You use IHS. We use IHS across the board on the wellness side. But let's talk about why that interactivity and connectivity is important and the role the broker and the TPA, the third-party administrator, play in this and working with you guys at Pareto? Yep. So we do everything through a select group of brokers uh, and consultants. So each of our members going into the captive has a has a broker of record that's representing them. And as you are saying, the brokers have to be experts in self-insurance. They have to be experts in, in wellness and cost containment initiatives. Um, and, so that, and they also have to understand and, and understand the workings of the captive. And that's a rare combination that we see out there today. Too often the industry is just does whatever inertia tells them they should do. We've been conditioned to buy fully insured. We've been conditioned to look at our renewal terms on a spreadsheet. We've been conditioned to wait until six, uh, 60 days beforehand to the bad news hits. And then we start nutshelling our, our plan design around as opposed to saying, this is what we want our plan and our population to look like five years from now. Now, as you were saying, the, the consultants need to look at the employers and say, what do you want? I'm here to be your advocate. I'm the expert, but you need to give me direction as opposed to me just simply delivering bad news and trying to get a positive reaction out of it. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing. This is not instant gratification. This is planning over a two, three, four, and five-year period. And you know where we've put this in place? um, uh, Last year's increases for our uh, employers were significantly less, some as low as 3%. The highest that we had was 8% uh, when, when we talk about and when we talk about how these things work. But the other side to the coin that's so important is we're starting to put in place disease management and wellness programs that are affecting that claims cost, and we're going to reap the benefit of that because we're driving down the cost of our health insurance. And then that allows us, instead of doing what, what most employers do, Andrew, which is, oh, here's the bad news, and the broker says, let's raise the deductible, raise the co-pays, and change the carrier. This is a different model than doing that, is it not? 
It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And, and on the wellness side, Carrie, as we've discussed many times, it's not one size fits all. And so if you have an employer that has a very, uh, a population that's spread out geographically, it would make really little sense for them to think about putting in an on-site clinic or think about doing some direct contracts with hospitals. They should be more focused on how can we deliver telemedicine, how can we deliver additional information that allows the employer to be better consumers given the spread of our, of our population. If you have the counter, which is a, a geographically centered population, maybe a skilled manufacturing company with a long tenure, maybe then looking at an on-site clinic or even a shared clinic amongst other members of the captive makes a ton of sense. But you're exactly right that once you get that data, then you start to think about, okay, what are the opportunities within my population and my structure? But it has to be customized based on the needs of the employer. Too often, historically, people say, I'm going to put in place a wellness program that is well-intended, but is not tackling the actual needs within that population. Yeah, and you know, that's something else. One of the things that happens with all of ours is, you know, one first of all, it's mandatory when you come in the captive to have a wellness program in place. Now, you know, in the first year, you know, it's a voluntary type of thing, but you've got to put it in place. But we try to get our people to make it a condition of enrollment, another nice way of saying mandatory, right in the first year so that everybody participates. And, you know, with IHS, we do a venial blood draw on-site, and for those folks that can't do that, they go to an off-site clinic, uh, but we do that for, for the employee and for the spouse, and that information that we get back with 37 different categories tested tells us, you know, we've had people that that had markers for breast cancer, prostate cancer. We I can't tell you how many diabetes, pre-diabetes people we've identified, how many people with cholesterol issues that didn't even know, and it's not that people don't want to know, but a lot of times, Andrew, they won't take the time to find out, and that has has a direct impact on the claims, which then has a direct impact on the rising cost of health insurance, right? Absolutely. And it is, as you're saying, so often that they don't know exactly what's going on within their bodies, within themselves. And the ability to go out and identify that early, turning a pre-diabetic, having them avoid turning into full-blown diabetes or someone escalating from chronic disease, those things are extremely helpful. And it's the claims information both on the medical side and the pharmacy side, that we get is incredibly telling. But it also takes a while for that data to come through the system to paint a full picture. And so just as you're talking about, Kerry, doing those wellness screens up front gives us an immediate Polaroid snapshot, if you will, of what's going on within that population. And again, you can implement that quicker strategy, that quicker reacting move to give people the better tools that they have to manage their costs, ultimately lowering the cost for the employer and the employees. Yeah, and you know, that's really the the goal of the whole thing. And I know a lot of folks out there think, my goodness, this is a lot of information, a lot of work. This is kind of like drinking from a fire hose. Remember what I said earlier? This is the responsibility of the broker coupled with the TPA. We work with a wellness company. In our case, we use IHS. It's the same company that Pareto typically uses. And all of that comes together. It's not the job of the employer to do this. It's our job to implement it. The employer gives us direction after we explain the options, and then we take it from there. If you want information on the captive program, you think this might be of interest to you, go to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com, send us an email, or call me at 877-385-2224. It is a different way to purchase your health insurance, and over the long term, it can make a huge difference in your cost and benefits for your employees. I'll be right back after the break. We'll wrap it up with Andrew. We'll talk some more about where we think this is going to go for next year. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to 
to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA Radio Network, coast-to-coast across the USA. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast across the USA. My producer, the always perfect Mr. Scott Larson, if you want help, you want information, this sounds intriguing. Maybe you're a human resource director. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you're working with a not-for-profit. Maybe you're working with a small municipality, a school district. Maybe you're a manufacturer. Like Andrew said, we've got a number of manufacturers in this program. If you want to learn more about how this model works, and believe me, it didn't grow from 86 or 89 to 225 companies because this thing doesn't work. It grew because it's working and it's working very well and people are figuring out this is a better way to buy their health insurance. You want information, go to the website americashealthcareadvocate.com, send me an email or call 877-385-2224 anywhere in the country. We're happy to help you. 877-385-2224 which is kind of a segue to uh, we're happy to help you in terms of what's going on in the country. Let's talk a little bit about that, Andrew. You know, I posted a, a blog not so long ago um, talking about what the predicted increases were, most of which I pulled right out of the Wall Street Journal. And here are some of the numbers. These are ACA increases, all right? 54% in New Mexico, 39% in Oregon, 38% in Maryland, 17% in Virginia, uh, 26% in Ohio. The numbers are just astounding. This is on the ACA side now for, for individual health insurance, but I think that we're going to see some of that uh, pain wash over into the small group side because of community rating and because of the taxes. What do you think? I think you're absolutely right. And there is no shortage of employer that's frustrated with the the process of buying fully insured health insurance. Again, the the typical reactive, I get bad news on a spreadsheet and I need to decrease the benefits, decrease the services I'm offering to my employees. Healthcare reform, ACA, just as you're talking about on the, the ACA increases, we're seeing those same type of uh, predicted increases for the small group. And the pending changes of community rating being expanded to all companies below 100 full-time employees, that we think is going to have a significant impact, on, the, especially on the 50 to 99 employee space that's not getting near enough coverage or discussion as it should. Um, we, we fully expect the third and the fourth quarter of this year to create the most chaotic um, time period within the health insurance space because of that expansion of community rating. And so we're seeing a huge migration now of employers um, in the 50 to 99 space deciding that they want to move early. They don't want to be wrapped up in that third and the fourth quarter chaos, but they want to take ownership over this now and not wait around for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, and let's talk. Let's talk about that a minute because I, I sent out a piece to all of our people, and and I and it's also in that blog that I just mentioned, telling people that's really funny that you said that because I said exactly the same thing you said. If you wait until the third and fourth quarter when it is chaos, when everybody is trying, you know, management by crisis, not management by objective. If you if you do that, and then and then you decide, well, I'm going to move now or I want to go now. There's only so many of these 
uh, you know, companies that can be processed and put through a system at a time. So I think it's going to make it harder for people. Obviously, it's going to make you guys are going to be jammed up with your existing renewals and then all the new people coming in. We're telling people now is the time. You know, July, August, September is the time to be looking at where you're at and what you're, you know, what you're doing. And you can bet you're going to get some kind of an increase if you're fortunate enough to get a nine or ten percent increase. Think about what that means over the next two or three years. And if you're not one of those folks, like you just mentioned, and you're going to see a bigger increase, if you wait till the last minute, it is going to be chaos, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. The younger, healthier companies uh, with positive demographics and, and positive industry are going to be hit the hardest, absolutely. And there are employers that are anticipating, unfortunately, increases that are going to be not only in the double digits, but significant double digits. We have some estimates for some employers based on industry and demographics in the 50s, 60s, and even north of that. Okay, um, now, yeah, and now, as you're saying... This is interesting because you just said something I want to go back to, and people are probably scratching their head going, he just said companies that have younger, healthier demographics are going to get hit the hardest. Explain why that's going to happen, Andrew. What, that, that's a direct relationship to community rating, but explain why you said that. Why is that going to happen? Because they are decreasing the number of age bands that the, under, that the uh, fully insured companies are underwriting with. And so today, most fully insured carriers have seven age bands that the company slots itself into based on its demographics. And as part of healthcare reform, they're now decreasing that number. And so the age bands are getting larger, getting wider, which means we're pushing everyone towards a more common rate. Um, so the younger, healthier employers are being dragged up, if you will, if you think about it from an age banding or an age rating basis. So basically what you're saying is we're going to force those employers. If you've got a, 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 a firm of young, techie, savvy people that you know uh, do whatever they do, whatever the case may be, you're going to be pulled up, dragged up to compensate for or pay for, another way of putting it, uh, those companies uh, that have a different age band and, and a different claims experience, yes? Yes. A subsidy by any other other name is still a subsidy, and that's exactly what it is. So the younger employers, they're looking at that premium base and saying they're younger, they're healthier, they're not going to generate as much claims activity, and so we want to use their premium basis to offset the anticipated losses that we're going to have from other companies or other populations that have a higher age and uh, higher expected accumulation or frequency of claims. I I really like that line, a subsidy by any any other name is a subsidy, because that is exactly what this is. It's a subsidy but the subsidy is being provided by you, the employer out there, and that's exactly where it's going to fall. Andrew, thank you so much for doing this. I think this was really great, very helpful. Uh, look forward to getting you back on the air again as we move a little further down the line here and see where these increases actually start coming out. The company, folks, is Pareto. It's the Pareto Contrarian Re. That's the captive we're talking about. If you want information on this or we can help you, feel free to get in touch with us. Andrew, thanks so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Carrie. Really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much for all that you do. Well, it's just great for people to hear this information. I think the most important thing that we shared with people today, Andrew, is there's an alternative. You are not stuck, as Andrew said, in that black box, that that opaque box where you can't find out what's going on and you don't know how to get out of it. And the only choice is to go to the spreadsheet and increase the deductible, decrease the benefits. There are alternatives out there. This is one of them. If you want help with it, uh, give us a call at 877 
888-528-2224 or send us an email from americashealthcareadvocate.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I leave you with this thought from Nelson Mandela. There is no passion to be found in playing small. In settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting here on the HIA Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Goodbye, America.